The Labour Party's unveiled a new slogan as it seeks a fresh mandate in the upcoming election. Chris Hipkins has debuted the party's election slogan, In It For You. Ultimately I chose this uh, as, our, uh, as a slogan for our billboards because it reflects the sort of campaign that I want to run. National is running that line. National is going to get New Zealand back on track. Act has gone very literal. Its slogan is, is simply real change. The Greens have gone with The time is now. Te Party Māori is pushing the message Aotearoa ho, or in English, New New Zealand. Kia I'm Tom Kitchen, and today on The Detail, it's well and truly campaign season now, and that means slogan time. We're going to talk about these taglines, mottos, catchphrases, expressions, rallying cries, phrases, whatever you want to call them. How do you come up with a slogan, and are they all they're cracked up to be? It's a little bit like poetry. It should be um, a short verse or a short um, statement that captures the zeitgeist of something or someone or a time. That's Mike Hutchison, one of New Zealand's premier admin. He's worked for agencies such as Saatchi and Saatchi and Attain. We used to use them a lot in jingles and uh, with a tune, a little, little, a little sting. Have a crunchy, poke, poke bar, golden crunchy. So what are the ingredients of a good slogan? Good slogans like good ideas are founded in truth. You know, the most famous one I can think of was years ago in the, in the States, Avis and, and the Avis Hertz rental car battle. What's happened to service in America? The dictionary says it's the performance of labor for the benefit of another. But Avis says it in three words. We try harder. This is probably in the 70s. A guy called Robert Townsend, who wrote a brilliant book called Up the Organization, um, was tasked with um, bringing Avis up. I think they were ranked fifth in terms of size and scale in the market. And um, they did some research, and they couldn't think anything. They couldn't think it was anything different. And so DDB, uh, Bill Boonback from Bill down Boonback, went to Robert Townsend and said, look, we've done some research. We can't find anything that makes you different from anybody else except your people seem to try harder. And that was a great message to give A to the market and great uh, uh, motivation for staff because that was something that they could actually uh, carry and champion, that they actually tried harder. You know, behind the counter, they were trying harder. Trying harder is still the best way to, to do business. So it had double meaning, both internal and external. And that's what it should capture. And something fatuous um, that doesn't ring true to people just makes them laugh. It's an eye roll. And what you want in a slogan is something that moves the hearts of men. Can I just ask, how do you come up with the best ones? You get a really smart advertising person. You get a really smart copywriter uh, who sits there and, philosoph- and thinks about it. It's a philosophy. And, and and it's a bit hit and miss because there's a great saying in advertising is that creative people spend a lot of time um, doing nothing and then they do something and then that something becomes brilliant. You know, we're, we're good at that. And it doesn't have to be a slogan. It could be a, a symbol of some kind. Like we did it with the um, uh, Red Sox campaign for America's Cup. You know, it, it's something that enables people to, people to rally around. The boats are black, but the country's going red. From the waterfront dum, 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 <laughs> to the beehive, the red soccer is mobilising. So let's talk to another ad man, maybe one of these really smart advertising people, the self-proclaimed Kiwi political slogan king. I started an advertising business when I was 21. Uh, with a couple of other guys. Uh, we just had a great idea one day, you know, one of those great notions. This is Sir Bob Harvey, advertising guru and former Waitakere mayor. 
He takes me back to 1968. I'd been to America and I'd managed to get myself uh, into the office of Wells, Witch and Green. And Mary Wells was like the queen of advertising. She had painted the brand of planes. She was like, wow. And um, I took a portfolio that I'd done here. She loved it and said, well, do you want a small desk? In New York, Fifth Avenue, a small desk for a week. And along the way, um, she was pitching for the Nixon campaign. And uh, somehow they asked me to sit in to this pitch for Nixon. Well, Nixon I had no time for. I'd been a fierce protester of the Vietnam War. Didn't matter. They were pitching what I thought was astonishingly interesting um, election campaigns. Oh, what was that? What were they pitching? Oh, music, of course. Big, big. Uh, they were emphasising how audiences could be inspired by music, if you like. Let's never forget that despite her faults, America is a great nation. Uh, slogans. I thought slogans are forbidden, of course, in New Zealand. What, what, what was happening in New Zealand? What was Nothing forbid- was happening in New Zealand. I mean, all the political ads said vote Labour, vote, I think, social credit, vote communism, which was a, a very much a viable alternative. And that people said, oh, I don't think I'll vote for the commas this year. I'll vote for national. I'll vote for Labour. That was it, you know, and they had a, obviously a big photograph of one of the candidates. Pretty bloody dull and boring stuff. Did they have the billboards up there kind no, of thing? No, but billboards I think were forbidden uh, as was radio advertising other than was given by the system. You weren't allowed to do hardly anything. You weren't allowed to treat, in other words at election meetings. You weren't allowed to have a, I think you were allowed to have a bagpipes or something, but you weren't allowed to have any music or any scones, <laughs> no muffins in those days. You had to do everything by the book, or oh, I think you, you got put in the slammer. Could you even tell a joke? No jokes. What? Well, I think you had jokes. When I met Norman Kirk uh, in in 68, I told him that I felt that we, as an advertising business, could actually make him and give him the job as Prime Minister. What was his reaction to that? Well, I think he said, get out. But uh, he he didn't like advertising. Norman hated advertising and hated research. He just didn't like it, but he liked me. And I think he liked my enthusiasm for saying to him, look, I think I have some ideas. I'd like to do some campaign music because I'd started to work with the Hamilton County Bluegrass Band. And... uh, I think you should look at a slogan or some slogans to promote Labour. I want to change it round. I don't want to just put vote Labour. I want to give it some energy, give it some, yeah, passion, I guess. I think you could be the Prime Minister. He said, well, you bloody bet your life I can be the Prime Minister. (laughs) And he said a lot of other things. The language was not great, but I got the job. And I brought the Hamilton County Bluegrass Band on stage at the campaign. And I got them to do a song called Make Things Happen. Make things happen because it's your turn now. It's too late to turn your back. The future's here right now. And that, to me, was the way I was going to introduce a slogan, a slogan into the election campaign. Make things happen. It's 
your turn now to make things happen for your future, the future of all New Zealand. With make things happen, how did you come up with those three words? Uh, I thought of them probably was having a run. I, I thought of uh, make things happen thing happen as being a great idea. It, it, it was it's very probably dated now, but in '69 it was pretty damn good, and the music that went with it. Labour didn't win with the Make Things Happen campaign, but next time in 1972, Sir Bob was back on board and it was different. With, um, I guess, it's time, we we really reached that point where we changed the system and we turned it, of course, into the cult of, of Norman Kirk. Norman Kirk's Labour government won the election with the slogan, it's time, and it was Kirk's time. In his short stint as Prime Minister, he campaigned against nuclear testing in the Pacific. He forged new ground in the settlement of Maori land disputes and fostered a new sense of national identity. He was so important with his vision, what he wanted to do, that we had to give him that kind of leverage, that kind of mileage. So it's not only creating a slogan that will continue into the future, of course, we were creating something around norm. Yeah, how did you come up with the words, it's time? It came from a meeting I was at with a guy called Arthur Faulkner, who was actually a very good cabinet minister. And he was giving a talk, I think somewhere in Mount Roskill. Uh, and I was sitting there and he said, no, look, it's, it's really time. It, it's really time for a change. I thought, God, that's a good line. That's a really good line. And so I wrote down on a piece of paper, it's time for a change. Then I did some bumper stickers, a little kind of old, also badges, you know, people ran around in election time and showed Norman and said, I think this should be, we won't sow Labour, we might put the little Labour image, which Hamish Keith and I had designed, the new Labour L, the running L it was called. Um, And uh, he said, yeah, I like it. Then we thought, time, it's time for a change, he said, is too extreme. I don't know how he thought that, because I didn't think it was, I thought it was time. Uh, it makes sense. But we snipped off time for a change and kept its time. I went to Australia where they were working on the Whitlam campaign, and they were working on a campaign that was, it's time for Whitlam. And I said, look, I'm working in New Zealand on its time, just its time. They thought it was a bloody good idea. And they said, let's do it together. So I said, OK, that's fine. And both Whitlam and Kirk were elected. And the, the birth of slogans, if you like, had arrived. What did a slogan mean? Does it actually make a difference? Well, I think it makes a difference if it connects with the party and the leader a leadership style. It puts a culture, if you like, into the campaign. It was interesting when I became a candidate myself for the mayor, I found it really difficult to come up with a slogan for myself. Why? I don't know. But I, I thought the people of Waitakere need it. They sure do need a change. I'm that change. But... I found it difficult, and I looked up some of my slogans, 
And I'm, I'm looking back on those slogans that got me elected six times, and they voted for the person, and they voted for Waitakere. Uh, and I just simply went with Harvey for Waitakere. I didn't, I dropped, isn't it interesting that I dropped the slogan for my own campaign because I always have difficulty doing my campaign, but never for other people. You're like the king of slogans, yeah. <laughs> the self-reclaimed well, king of yeah, slogans. Yeah, that's right. Well, see, I, I worked with Tim. Um, Tim and I talked about him running Tim, for mayor, Tim Shadbolt. Was this when he was uh, going for mayor of Waitamata? <clears throat> Waitamata. And I thought Tim was fantastic. We met in the pub and I said, here it is, give Tim a chance. How did you come up with that? I just thought of it. Give Tim a chance. That's what he needed. Here was Tim in the, in the slogan, give Tim a chance. They gave Tim a chance. They gave him the job. I felt very good about that. Do you have to test out a slogan or anything before that? Yeah, before? yeah. How do you do that? <clears throat> well, generally, I used to work with the Auckland University, and, and they had a political group that was just terrific there, and I would throw a couple of ideas, and they would go, mm, no, I don't know if that works. But, hey, when it comes down to politics, it's what you do. You've got to have a clear vision. You've got to have a, a, a good leader. And they call the shots. How do you tell if it's going to work? You get a reaction very quickly. I think, you know, my failure probably was with Bill Rowling. Uh, when Norman Kirk died, Bill Rowling succeeded in the leadership. And, and Bill, I thought, was the most wonderful guy. I truly, truly liked the guy. But he was not a great speaker. He, he, he lacked what appeared to be energy, social energy, culture energy. And everything we did around Bill and for Bill didn't work. Just didn't work. Muldoon was like a sledgehammer, like a typhoon coming in. What did you try with Rolling? Were there any slogans? Ah, uh, yeah, we did some bad things. Somehow in the cut of the commercial, we put a, a, a kid stroking a pig, which we'd shot at the Kumu show. God knows why we did that, but Muldoon was called Pig. You know, he was in you know, a piglet or whatever they called him. And it was such a bad, bad move. So what do you think about the slogans of today and this particular campaign as we've just started to see over the last few days, week kind of thing? So we've got In It For You, which is the Labour one. What has inspired you to come up with this slogan? Is it an original political slogan? Uh, ultimately, this is about reflecting the values of the Labour team. Uh, we are in this for New Zealanders. We want them to know that we are, we've got their backs. I love it. I think in is a great word. You is a great word. And I think you put those together and it says, hey, it's personalised. It's a beautiful, I think, quick image in it for me, in it for you. I think uh, works really, really well. Uh, what about let's do this, let's keep moving? Let's do this. You like those? Yeah, yeah. I think they're kind of okay, but in it for you really works. Do you think it's better than let's do this? No. It's very hard to say what was good for that campaign and what is good for this campaign. Each election is different. It has a different beat. It has a different leader. It has a different style. And I think Jacinda 
was so powerful on stage. Her presence was great. And when she said that, it meant something. But hey, times change. Mm. And I don't think you can say, well, uh, it's time would be right now because it's time was a period that needed its time for a change. So you can't compare them. And I don't think you can use – you can't – they're like old socks. You've got to throw them out. Yeah, and before that they had a fresh approach under Andrew Little. Yes, which was not good. Labor's always believed in our ability to do better. Andrew Little and Labor, it's time for a fresh approach for New Zealand. Heavy, clunky. Yeah, I don't know who came up with that, and I'm not being critical, but it was too clunky, you know, yeah. Sounds like a shampoo commercial or a uh, supermarket ad. Yeah, you've got to watch it falling into another category, like an airline, you know, like a bank. What about the National? I mean, they've had quite a lot. Get our country back on track. Strong team, more jobs. They're boring. They're dull. D-U-L-L. They're dull. (laughs) Why? Well, because they are. You don't have to explain why things are dull, why things are chunky, clunky. You know, they are. They need to have a zing, a zook. They need to get you, wow, there's no wow there. Yeah, building a brighter future. Yeah, that's about <laughs> It's like, really? It's they not, won on that one. It's 1930s. They won on that? <laughs> well, too bad. <laughs> Hutch has the same thoughts with that slogan. That was pretty um, written by a committee, I would say. Yeah, um, everyone wants to do that kind of stuff, but it doesn't say how or why or what. But is a slogan actually all that important? There are some great slogans over the years, but you don't have to have one. Um, you better to have a really good story and, and a story that tells the truth. Do you think we're a so, bit fixated on slogans and getting that tagline right? We're far too preoccupied with, with the witty, pithy statement, um, and it doesn't work. What's something that you remember that worked and what's something that you remember that didn't work? The first Phil Goff campaign for Labour um, um, didn't work because um, Phil just wasn't strong enough against John Keane. Uh, yeah, lovely guy, um, but he just didn't, as Goethe said, you know, dream no small dreams because they fail to move the hearts of men. Uh, and and a, a good, strong candidate will, uh, will, do, will do that. So that failed. Um, for Len Brown, though, the first Super City campaign, uh, it worked because we did the research and, and found that the real problem facing Aucklanders was transport. So we said to Len, you've you really got to get on television and talk about transport. His problem was no one knew who he was. He was the mirror of Medicare. Everyone knew who John Banks was, and you probably don't recall, but at, at the time, you'd imagine that, that the Herald was uh, a supporter of John Banks in much the same way as um, as, as Fox News was a supporter of Trump now. It was all John Banks. I, I think when... Uh, Rodney Hyde and, and those guys had, had actually proposed the Super City idea. Uh, it didn't occur to them that someone come out of uh, out of left field and capture the title. And so we knew that the real issue was transport. So we said to Len, you, you've got to be on television and you've got to talk transport. Did he have a and slogan? He's a lawyer, oh, yeah, but that wasn't the, um, um, I can't remember what the slogan was. Um, uh, it was a, a, about, um, oh, crikey, I can't remember now. I've totally forgotten because... That wasn't that wasn't the story. The story was he talked about transport and solving Auckland's transport woes, and that was answering the question. Sometimes you don't have to be sitting around a committee table. You can just go down to the pub and get some ideas there. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the best ideas will happen happen that way. In fact, um, a mate of mine ran an agency in Sydney, and uh, they put a pin in the map 
to indicate where good ideas for ad campaigns had happened. And over a period of three years, only 8% had happened in, in the office. Most of them had happened in the restaurant up the road or <laughs> often on the freeway. Your best ideas happen when you're freewheeling. Bloody great rocket fuel, a good slogan. Do you need one, though? No, but it's a great additive to a campaign. And and I used to, I, as I said, I turned it round. The slogan became the campaign, and Labour, or voting Labour, was a secondary thing because I gave them the the, the choice of right to, to vote Labour. I wanted them to vote Labour, but the slogan carried, if you like, its time... They got it. It's time to change. And New Zealand thought, yeah, yeah, it's time to change. That's it for today. I'm Tom Kitchen. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders. Our producers are Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Mike Hutchison and Sir Bob Harvey. Ka kite anō.